The time has arrived. I've been looking forward to this. Boy, oh boy, Randy Bachman going to join us for the final hour of the show answering your questions. We've we've had Randy on a couple of times, and every time we do, we get calls and texts and emails from you saying, man, that was so awesome. Can he come back for like a whole hour and we can ask him questions? And we thought, well, it's really his call. So we reached out to Randy and said, hey, would you be interested? And he said, yeah, sure, that'd, that'd be great. Let's set it up. So we did. Um, so I've got a ton of questions already that you've sent me uh, on the text line, on Twitter, through email. Email. We're going to see if we can maybe work out how to take calls, but that that involves technology, and I'm not making any promises, but we can give it a try. But right now, thrilled that Randy Bachman has found time to join us once again. Sir, thank you so much for being here. Hi, good morning, and hello, Edmonton. And Calgary. You're, you're province-wide here, Randy. Great, great. I'm playing at <laughs> casinos there pretty soon. I was going to say, coming up, uh, I think it's in October 12th, 11th, 12th, 13th, you're not only in Calgary and Edmonton, you're also playing in Red Deer. So yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's the Thanksgiving weekend. Do, do you still love getting out on the road? Is the live gig still where it's at for Randy Bachman? Yeah, because I've, <laughs> I've been locked up in my house for three years, so has <laughs> everybody. And it's absolutely incredible to get out and see the people who also feel like me, like, like they've escaped, uh, you know, a, a nice jail because yeah. locked in your house is much better than a, a six by six cell. But uh, I just finished a two week tour around uh, the Toronto area, all the little cities, Kingston, um, Belleville, Windsor, you know, things like that. And the people are just thrilled to get I'm thrilled to get on stage and reconnect with them. And I, I can't wait to get to the. Uh, to the Prairie Provinces. Yeah, well, we can't wait to have you back. Uh, just looking forward to it so much. Uh, the, some of the questions that I've received, we we played Taylor Swift coming back, and I'm wondering what you think about modern music. Um, is there anybody out there that sort of uh, gets you charged up that you think, boy, this is, this is awesome stuff? Um, i got to be honest with you, not like the old stuff. No, I agree. Everything now is the same. Everybody uses a computer, they use a click track, and the tracks do not breathe, if you know what I mean. Like, if you listen to old, an old BTO or Guess Who, or Rolling Stones or Beatles, as you get excited, the song will speed up a little bit in the middle or the solo, and then it kind of, in the middle, it goes back down to the first verse again, and it's just like you're you're dancing or, or jogging. You go real fast, you slow down to a gate, then you walk, and then, you know, you pace yourself and you do it. The music is so similar to all the... The singers cheat <laughs> these days. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat. You put on old Aretha yeah. or Elvis or the Beatles, and you can hear they're not pitch perfect. That's right. But that's what you want. This, the, the tour I just did is a, was a fun thing. It was me and my son, Tal. We're called Bachman Bachman. We did a uh, YouTube for a whole year, every Friday at 6 o'clock. We called it the train wreck because we didn't plan it. <laughs> we did one, and we were going to surprise each other. He brought five songs that I didn't know. I brought five that he didn't know. We knew them because we heard them on the radio, but we had never played them before. And we turned on a camera and the microphone, and we tried to play what each other wanted in, in the proper key with the proper lyrics. It was a mess. We decided not to do anymore. We got so many emails saying, it's so great to see you guys making mistakes because we all make mistakes. Yeah. And what we hear on the radio is so perfect because you sing the song 20 times, you play your solo 20 times, you comp it together. We hear too much perfection on the radio, that not you know, not even counting the new songs, which are absolutely everything is correct in them. So the, the, they don't kind of live, and the people were applauding <laughs> our mistakes. It was, and we also do this thing where they uh, we put a box in the um, the lobby, 
and people can put in a request. So on stage, my son will stick his hand in the box, pull out a request, and it'll say, this is like tonight by Nazareth, you know, or whatever. It's yeah. called, Starlight, Starbright. And, you know, the, the singer in that is singing at the top is shrieking at his lungs. And it's just <laughs> joining. And, we, and so we try it. Obviously, we can't do it. It's just a wreck. Hey, uh, Randy, like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, I, I've played guitar all my life. I took classical lessons as a, I took classical lessons for 15 years. So if somebody said, play this flight tonight, I, I said, if you can give me the sheet music, I'll play it for you. Um, are you a guy who reads or are you somebody who just says, what key are we in? I'm going to figure it out from there. There's, there seems to be two kinds of guitarists. There's those like me and, and, and then the better ones like i think you who just sort of says well okay what key are we in and i'll figure it out from there well i started playing classical violin when i was five okay and i realized when i hit the age of 10 i couldn't read the music <laughs> but i had a teacher that would put a piece of music in front of me keep in mind i'm five or six yeah okay? i can't i can't even read that i haven't even started school and um she would play it and I would look at it. You, I, you can see the notes going up and down. She would play something like a simple Tchaikovsky or Beethoven song. And this is Royal Conservatory. Yes. She'd put it in front of me. I would play it. And I got really, and then she would give me another one. She'd take this home and practice it for a week. And I would say, well, why? I already know it. <laughs> so she'd give me two or three and I would, I would learn them and put them in my memory bank. Then I got to be, oh, maybe I was old, maybe it was about 12. And I've been playing, you know, by then for like six, seven years. She said, the Winnipeg Junior School Symphony, which is 87 kids, needs a second violin. I think you can play it and get that spot. I'd go, really? She said, yeah. You got to go to Crescent High School, which is where Neil Young went to high school. That's where the symphony is on Saturday morning. So I show up Saturday morning with my violin, with my fiddle, as we called it, and uh, we start to play a song that they just put in front of you cold. And everybody obviously playing for music. Yeah. Nobody's put it in front of me, but I kind of know the tune, so I'm playing along. And we get to a certain spot, and there's tick, 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 and we all stop playing, and it's the conductor, and he's tapping his musical thing and everybody stops and he says second violin bar 32 it's an e flat not an e natural let's take it from the top <laughs> i don't know what he's talking about i don't know bar 32 i don't know an e flat or natural. <laughs> I'm playing. i know the worm put my fingers on the violin and that, that the notes come out so we play it again i get to the same place i make the same mistake he says to me stop second violin can you play an e I play an E on the violin. It's an open string. He says, can you play an E flat? I look at it. I can't. You can't go below the nut on a violin. <laughs> I don't realize that the e, uh, you go back to the next string. Yeah. There's an E, and you can go lower to an E flat. I don't think, at that moment, I don't think of that. I say no. Everyone starts laughing. I pack up my violin. I go home. It's Saturday about noon now. I get home. My mother says, how did it go? I says, that's it. I'm never playing violin again. I quit. <laughs> she says, you can't quit. I said, I quit. I can't go back. I don't read music. I play everything by ear. And the next day, I saw Elvis on TV on Sunday. Yeah. And I said, what is that? What is that? That's a guitar. That's Elvis Presley. Who, who, what is that? I never heard that name in my Elvis Presley. What a name. And that's called rock and roll. I said, I want to do that. It's crazy. The guy's going nuts. Everybody's screaming. I miss everybody sitting straight and clapping at yeah. the end of a song. I want to do that because he looks like he's making it up. And I got a guitar from my cousin and learned to play. But when I learned to play, I played lead because violin's a lead instrument. Like yes, a it is. Yeah. You don't play chords and stuff. <laughs> I played lead at first. Then I heard that somebody needed a rhythm guitar player in Winnipeg. I learned chords, obviously. And I went to audition 
for to be in this band called Allen and the Silvertones, who later be, later became Chad Allen and the Reflections, who evolved into being the Guess Who. Oh, wow. when, I went to the, when I went to their first rehearsal, I'm playing rhythm guitar to four songs of By the Shadows, the, the Cliff Richards yes. backup band in England, and I'm playing rhythm guitar. And the lead guitar player breaks a string, and I finish playing the guitar, playing the lead song. <laughs> and they all look at me and go, wow, you play better lead than our lead player. Do you want to play lead? And I said, that's why I came. And awesome. I became the lead guitar player, and the guess who played that riff and shaking all over? Yeah. And here I am today speaking to you. Randy, hang on a sec. i got to take a break. But speaking of guitar players, I, 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 I want to ask you about your time with Van Halen. So just... Give it some thought. We'll take a quick break and come back and talk about the tour, the 5150 tour. Randy Bachman opened for Van Halen. We'll do that when we come back right after this. We're chatting with Randy Bachman, founding member of the Guess Who and Bachman Turner Overdrive and host of Vinyl Tap on the Chorus Radio Network. And Randy, I want to ask you about Van Halen, but first of all, that stutter, that infamous stutter that we just heard. There's a story behind that, right? Yes, I grew up with three brothers. And we teased each other and played tricks on each other our whole life. And when uh, when we when I finally got famous, uh, I thought this was going to be ultimate tease, and I was going to scare my brother. And I took a rejected song. The guitar's not even in tune in that song. And I stuttered over because my brother stuttered. Yeah. And I, I made I made one cassette copy. I was going to send it to him and say, "Guess what? This is on our album." But it wasn't supposed to be on the album. I was going to send him one copy. And when the the head of our label came to hear the third BTO album, which was called Not Fragile, and we already sold millions of albums on BTO 1 and 2. He wanted to hear the songs, and I said, I played him the album, and he said, gee, I like Rolling Down the Highway, I like this and that, I don't hear a song to get you above. We'd already had uh, Let It Ride and Taking Care of Business out on the radio. They were in the top 20. I don't hear a song to do any better than that. And I said, that's it. We've got four on the side. It was vinyl album, four songs on the side. Right. And the engineer said, play him the throwaway song. And I said, you're kidding. And the head of our label, Charlie, said, you mean there's one more song? And I said, yeah, but it's a throwaway. And he said, let's hear it. And I played it for him. He said, that's amazing. It, it lifts off the turntable. It's got a beautiful jangle to it. I've never heard anything like it. It's charming. Let's put it on the album. So that was the first BT album that had a ninth song. We had to take the four long ones on one side. And you've got to balance your sides of the album. Or one sure. side will be louder or softer than the other. And we, we crammed the five of the, them on the second side and put it on it. And they start to play it as a single. And it went to number one in 22 countries and sold a million, <laughs> two million singles and proved to me I knew nothing about the music business. And we still hear it once a week to this day at a minimum. It's constantly getting radio play. Um, Randy, 1986, you go out on the road with Van Halen in their first tour with Sammy Hagar. How, how did that come about? How did BTO get that gig? And what was it like? Well, I got a, I had been on tour for 80 days. With BTO. We went home for a break, obviously. When you go home and your kids cry because you're a stranger in the house, it's weird. <laughs> and uh, so I get home on a Friday, uh, on a Thursday night, and Friday morning, my phone rings. And it's Sammy Hagar. And he says, Rand, he called me Randall. Randall. So you knew you had a relationship with Sammy already? Yeah, I had been introduced to him by Geffen Records, who had him in the red, as the Red Rocker, and I was writing songs with him. He'd come up to my studio, we'd hung out, we'd written some songs together. So he calls me up and he says, Rand, I know, I know you've just been on tour. Um, I've just joined Van Halen. I've cut an album with him. We got a song out, Why Can't This Be Loved? And we would want, I want BTO to open because I don't want to come on stage and have somebody yell out, Where's Dave? Well, you know, Where's David Lee Roth? Right, yeah. I, I, 
I, I, they always had what was called the popcorn band open for Van Halen. I'd seen them many times. The popcorn band is so bad that people are out buying merch and popcorn. <laughs> this band is on stage. They throw the popcorn at them for like 20 minutes. Then Van Halen comes out. Then the crowd's warmed up. They bought the merch. They've got their seats and everything. He said, we don't want a popcorn band. I want a band to come out and play 30 minutes of hit songs. That's you guys. I said, well, let, i got to think it over and call Fred Turner. Yeah. And he says, he says to me, you have till 4 o'clock today. It's now noon on Friday. <laughs> what do you mean? He said, we got to know we're going to get somebody else. Let's just do a trial for the weekend. We're playing Valerie's hometown. Eddie was just taking out Valerie Bertinelli. Then, and she's from New Orleans or something like that, or St. Louis. We're playing her hometown at two other gigs. See how it goes for the weekend. I called Fred Turner. I said, how are you doing? Can we, can we go do a you know, trial weekend with, with Van Halen? If it works, we'll get 10 or 12 months of work. He said, I can't. I'm having trouble with my teenagers. My wife's freaking out. I can't go. I called Sammy back, and I say, we can't go because Fred can't come. He, Sammy says to me, who sings you ain't seen nothing yet? I do. Who sings Taking Care of Business? I do. <laughs> Who sings Stayed Awake All Night? I do. Who sings Hey You? I do. Who sings Look I do. He said, can you do it without Fred? I said, what, it's a trio? He said, oh, I'm desperate. I want you to open. So I said, we'll come for the weekend, see how it goes. So we go for the weekend, me, my brother, Tim, and my brother, Rob, on bass. I'm sorry, on drums. And um, we do the weekend, and it's really wonderful. He said, okay, we want, we want you to do 10 months. I told my because I can't do it. We've got to do it as a trio. So we went out as the BTO trio. <laughs> He's doing all the vocals. Uh, my brother, Tim, switched from guitar to bass, and we had a drummer playing, and it was the coolest tour. I said, look, I can't go on tour. I can't leave my kids again, my wife, for like another 10 months. Can I bring them a, a week at a time or 10 days at a time? They said, no problem. We bring our kids. Sammy, they got, you know, my son, Cal, got to know Sammy's kid, Aaron, and stuff like that. And it was really cool. And so many wonderful things happened on that tour. Well, I mean, as a guy who's played guitar all his life, Randy, I know, I mean, anybody who's ever touched a guitar has some sort of respect, admiration, and, and reverence for Eddie. So for a guy like you, um, are, 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 did you have a chance to hang with Eddie, play with Eddie? What was it like being around Eddie Van Halen? Every single day, Eddie would come to our sound check. And Eddie was, Eddie is a great drummer. He started playing drums first, then guitar. So he wanted to play drums at our sound check. And then we would switch because my son Tal plays guitar and drums. And my son Tal was with us for two weeks. And then Eddie got to be great buddies. And so Eddie would come and play drums. And he wanted, I always wanted to do Crossroads Live by Cream, which is one of my favorite things of a live thing that Cream have yeah. ever done. The bass playing, the guitar, drums, it's just, I mean, there's no overdubs. It's just them live off the floor. And Eddie but, loves Clapton, so we've heard him play that before. Right. So he would play drums. And in the middle, he would... Put it down. Tal would run to the drums. Eddie played bass. I'd go to bass. Eddie played guitar. And we did crosswords every day for like an hour, half an hour, 20, 30 minutes. We would just jam it out and get our yayas out and then get ready for the gig. What so we did experience. that over time. And one of our big dates was in, and, and to hear Eddie warm up in his dressing room, I have never heard anything like it in my life. He's the most incredible guitar player on acoustic, on a classical, on, on electric, playing jazz, playing the guy is a, was unbelievable. One day we were playing, I think it was a World's Fair or some sort of deal going on in Knoxville, Tennessee, in the middle of this tour. We were downstairs. It was 2, two o'clock in the morning, and we're all asleep, and Eddie's got Valerie on tour with him. And uh, I'm upstairs, and he's got a suite downstairs in his hotel. And my phone rings at like 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. 
And I, I, when your phone rings on tour, something's wrong at home, right? <laughs> My phone rings. I, I cautiously answer the phone. Hello. And the voice is Randolph. Nobody calls me Randall or Randolph except my mother or teacher in school when you're bad. Yeah, like, yeah. Randolph, you know. I go, yes, Edward. <laughs> Nobody calls him Edward. You know, that was how we call each other, by Edward and Randolph, right? And I see Andy yeah, says, room 121 in the basement floor now. And I figure, oh, my, what's going on? We're gonna be, I'm going to be fired. We're off the yeah. tour. I go down to the, I, I knock, tap on the door. So then it's all three in the morning. And the door opens. Valerie's in bed in, in a nightgown and stuff. And Ed comes out. He's got a little acoustic guitar. And he, he says, sit down. And I say, outside? He said, so we go outside of his room. We're sitting on the floor. And he says, my best friend in LA just passed away. They found him with all my albums in his lap. Oh, boy. The music was playing on the radio. He's on his way to heaven. I want to play for him. Sit down. I sit down, and he starts to play guitar like I have never, ever heard in my life. And he is crying. I am crying. This is a very intimate moment. I wish I had a tape recorder. All I have is my memory bank and my heart and soul and my mind with me. And he's playing and playing and playing. So this is getting heard by everybody. So doors are opening in this motel with people about to yell, like, what's going on? Be quiet. And they see Eddie and me on the floor, and he's sitting and playing. And they quietly come out and close the door, and they sit down on the floor in this great big wide hallway because the basement was all big suites where people, you know, have a kitchen and a little yeah. dining room and a bedroom stuff. And they sit, we sit there for like 20 or 30 minutes, and he plays stuff I've never heard in my life. It was, it was a very spiritual moment. Uh, I really respect that. I don't think he would mind me telling this story. That's why I told it. And... He's just a very, very wonderful guy. At the end of the tour, my son Tal had to leave. He called his roadie, whose name was Zeke at the time. And so Tal's leaving. Get him number two. And Zeke says, what do you mean? Get him number two. So Zeke goes on stage and gets Eddie's red and white and black and white guitar. What? His second one. And he gives it to my son Tal. He gives him the guitar and he signs it to my buddy oh, Tal. Oh, my goodness. From, from your, your, your Uncle Eddie, Uncle Edward, right? <laughs> So Tal had, had that guitar for many, many, many years and had to end up selling it because he was a student and he, you know, he had kids and everything. Yeah. And he sold the guitar uh, for a good money. Oh yeah. But now, now it'd be worth like you know, oh. two or three or four hundred thousand dollars. At least hundreds, yeah. Ready? I got to take a break for the news. What a story! I got chills. Uh, wow, that's amazing. There's never a bad day doing what I do. This is a, it's a joy and it's a, it's a privilege to come in here every day and do what I do. And then there's days like today where it's like, what did I do to deserve this? There's just, wow, this is amazing. We're spending an hour chatting with Randy Bachman, founding member of the Guess Who, Bachman Turner, Overdrive, host of Vinyl Tap here on the Chorus Radio Network. And yeah, Randy, just thank you so much for doing this. I know you're busy and uh, it's, it's an absolute thrill for me and the audience. So thank you for doing this today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, and I'm thrilled as well to do it. Um, okay, there's uh, a million questions that I could ask you, but we have a bunch of people on the phone line that want to speak with Randy Bachman and have questions as well. So let's see if I can figure out how to get two people on the air at once. Let's go to uh, Dave. Dave in Calgary, you're on the air with Randy Bachman. Go ahead. Hey, th thanks so much, Shay. Uh, great to speak with you, Randy. Hi, Dave. Hey. Uh, by the way, uh, Shay, I was the guy that suggested uh, the hour Q&A oh, were you? <laughs> Yeah, that I'm was, glad that was you me. got through then. Okay, perfect. Great idea, Dave. 
Thanks. So thanks and apologies to Randy for that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, a um, couple quick questions. It's been a pretty long run for your, uh, your notable career. You played everywhere and met countless people and found fans I would expect. Do you, do you still enjoy performing or is it, and is it still more than just a gig? And I've got a follow up question for you after that. No, I enjoyed a lot because I started playing on stage when I was five. So it's something that I did. I remember in grade one, the teacher is doing like a seating plan, you know, where they ask you your name and they, so they know your name when you put up your hand. And, and, and so she's doing a seating plan. This is the first day of school. And the teacher says, okay, tell me your name and what does your dad do? And what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd say, well, my name is Randy Bachman, Bachman and uh, my dad's an optician and I'm a musician. And she would say, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say, I'm a musician. And she asked me that again. I got up and ran home. I lived a block from the school. I run in the house. My mother's, doing the, my mother's doing the laundry. She says, what are you doing home? I said, I hate school. I get the question answer wrong. I'm quitting. She said, you can't quit. It's the first day of school. You've got another 12 years of this. She takes me back to the school with my violin. I tell her the problem. She go, I, And I play for my class. The teacher says, oh. He's a musician. That's what I did my whole life. Beautiful, beautiful. My follow-up question for you, Randy, is how, how do you feel about the fans? Are you still able and willing to meet fans, interact, share stories, maybe sign a, sign a few records here and there? I know, like Tal, many of us really appreciate an autograph on a, on a cherished record. I've been hoping to meet you for years, and it's been a little bit tough to connect with you. I've been to many shows. I'm not one of those uh, fancy uh, paid meet-and-greet guys, but would really love to meet you sometime. Any chance? Uh, we can make something like that happen next time you're coming through Calgary? Yes, I will be in Calgary on the 14th of October at the casino. I will also be there in April because of the National uh, Music Library there, the Bell Museum, is uh, release, is uh, starting an exhibition of my guitars, 150 guitars on display. They're called Every Guitar Tells a Story. I'll be there opening it on, in the early May and doing press and everything, and then you go in and see my guitars, and everyone has a story. I think they just did Getty Lee's basses and Alex Lifeson's yeah. guitars, and now yeah. they're doing my guitar, so I will be there. Uh, I, I usually go out to the merch table after the gig and sign whatever people bring. And that's been unable to happen because of COVID. Right. If they, if they will allow it, i certainly do that in Calgary and Edmonton and in, in Red Deer. When I'm there, I love the fans. When they, I like when the fans bring me something. Because they'll have a picture of me from five or ten years ago or whatever that I've never seen that's been in their camera. And they blow it up and bring or they bring the poster or the ticket. Because when you're traveling every day, you don't get to collect any of your paraphernalia and stuff. Other people get it. So I enjoy meeting the fans and talking to them. And I like when somebody comes and says, man, we saw you when we were 16 or when we were 20. And then they're now there with their children and our kids like your songs. It's just it's like a family kind of thing. Dave, there you go. So look for Randy in Calgary. I'll try and meet you, Randy. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you. Okay, bye. Um, A question that I got on Twitter over the weekend, Randy, that I think is a great question, is what's it like being the guest star on The Simpsons? Of course, you did that a number of years ago. What's that like? It was quite surreal because at that time, The Simpsons was everywhere. And you got really involved with the family because it basically was a parody of Archie Bunker, you know, Homer was Archie Bunker, that he was like a grouchy, you know, guy sitting on his doorstep in my chair kind of thing. And they were so popular and they were everywhere that 
you thought of them as real. I mean, little Lisa and Bart and everything, you, you, you <laughs> identified with them. When I was coming home on the airplane, I'm on Air Canada, flying from L.A., and the stewardess says, um, so what are you doing now? The stewardess like to talk to me and see what I'm doing. And I said, well, I just did The Simpsons. And she said to me, what's the inside of their house like? <laughs> I said, what? It's a drawing. She said, oh, my, you're right. I just... I see their house. It's the Simpsons. I see the clouds. You think of them as real. I said, yeah, I thought of them as real. And I was so stunned to be there to actually see Yardley Smith coming in because she lived a block away in a house coat with bunny slippers and her hair and rollers <laughs> doing her voice as an audition. And the other guys who do all the voices there, you're just stunned to see these people because out of their mouths come the voices of, the, of these characters. And it was amazing. And so they did me separately because I was in awe of these other people. So I'm in a room alone, and they took Fred Turner there alone, so we couldn't see each other. So when I come out, they say, okay, say hello, Springfield. And I say, hello, Springfield. Okay, that's for one person. They'll say it to 20. You go, hello, Springfield. Now say it to 200. Hello, they'll say it to 20,000. Hello, Springfield. And it's kind of like vinyl, um, spinal tap, right? Like, hello, Cleveland kind of thing. Yeah. And they treated me very, they treated me like Elvis. I just felt great. And then my birthday came in September. They sent me a box of merch, uh, jackets, games, uh, t-shirts, everything, all signed from the, from Bart and his family and from, uh, from, uh, the sister, the sisters, you know, come up and see me sometime, those sisters. And, uh, it was just fantastic. And they put me in an elite. I said to my son, tell, guess what? I'm on The Simpsons. He said, boy, you finally made it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, you've reached that status. I think you're absolutely right. Randy, i got to squeeze in. Well, actually, you know what? Let's take another call. We've got Steve in Calgary. He's been waiting a long time. Um, oh, I, I lost C, Sarah. We knew this wouldn't work. Okay. Uh, Steve, I want to throw you back on hold. We're going to get Randy back on the phone, and then... Um, and then we'll get Steve back on. So Sarah's going to have to get ready. See, this was the risk of trying to take calls. That's, you know what we'll do? Steve, I'm going to throw you up on hold. Take a break, Sarah, while you get Randy, and then we'll come back and get everybody back together. We'll take a quick break. Back right after this. All right. Uh, we knew that would happen. Sarah and I had talked before we started this segment that the odds of me being able to uh, flawlessly get two people on the air at the same time were slim to none. So I'm going to try it again. We're speaking with Randy Bachman. You know Randy Bachman. He's a legend. He's an icon. He's royalty in this country. And he is with us along with Steve in Calgary. All right, Steve, you're on the air with Randy Bachman. What's your question? Man, we're getting to the next level. We went to our music teacher in the 70s and said, can you teach us a bar chord? And he says, well, that's next level stuff. Why? Because it's the only way we can play taking care of business. So Is there a question, the Steve? Yeah. I'm watching the movie Invincible, and suddenly Let It Ride is on. I look at the theater, and everybody's just, yeah. What's it like having your music in the movie industry? What did you just see? The thing called Invincible. Invincible. I, I don't even. Is that yeah, a movie, that Steve? With, yeah, that's with Mark Wahlberg. He's a tryout for the Philadelphia Eagles, and suddenly, Let It Ride is in the movie. Is Randy not aware of this? No, I'm not. This is the first time I've heard about it. <laughs> oh my God! It's it's playing right now on Disney Plus. You gotta punch it up. Yeah, it's Let It Ride, and they got another one. I think it's You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. Wow. As long as the the checks cash, right, Randy? And I'm sure they do. I mean, that's there's some bucks to be made there. Grant in Calgary, you're on the air with Randy Bachman. Go ahead. Hey, Randy, how you doing today? Great. How are you? Good. 
I'm doing great, buddy. Hey, I've seen, I've obviously seen you a few times. Just got a couple of quick questions for you. Um, I was just wondering what your relationship with Burton Cummings is these days, uh, from the old guest days. And, uh, also good old friends of mine, George and the Voice from Harlequin, uh, uh, hung with those guys, went on tour, just helping them out was a bit of a roadie with them type thing. Uh, did you have any interactions with those fellas? Yes, there's a lot of festivals where I see everybody or I'm on it with everybody, but we can't hang out as much as we want to because I'm coming and going and going and they're coming and going. We say hi. We might see one or two of their songs. With Burton Cummings, I toured with him all of last year as Backman Cummings, and we had a great time together. The audiences were great. We do a whole evening of like 30 songs, my hits from BTO, his from the Guess Who, our solo stuff, and... uh I'm on my own now because I'm with my son, Tal, as Bachman Bachman. And I, when I come to Calgary and Edmonton Casino, it's with my own rock band. So we're going to be rocking and rolling there in uh, Calgary, Edmonton, and Red Deer in, uh, in uh, October on the Thanksgiving weekend. Hey, well, uh, I'll come to see you. It's an honor talking to you. Thank you. Thanks, Grant. Okay. Hey, Randy, last time we talked, you were telling me about the show that you do, and I don't know if we'd call it like a storyteller, but you, you, you play the songs, but you also talk a lot about where the songs came from and all the... Are you still doing... Does that still go on the road ever? Yeah, it's just called Every Song Tells a Story. So I take every song that I've written, these eyes, laughing, I'm done, no, t- no sugar tonight, take care of it, everything, and tell the story where I was, and how I wrote that song or how it was inspired. And we've been lucky enough to go through my archives. So when I do that particular show, we're sitting down on stage. At the end of the story, we played. It sounds just like the record. But behind me is a full video of us or me or the band in 1968, 67, BTO, 72, 74, whatever. So it's a visual. It's a whole encompassing show. And I love doing it because it's a really easy gig. It's really easy to tell the stories. <laughs> and people love it. And they all want to know where the songs came from. I think that'd be just an amazing show. Pat in Red Deer, you're on the air with Randy Bachman. Go ahead. Pat, are you there? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Pat. You're on the air with Randy Bachman. Okay. Hi, Randy. How are things going? Great. Can't wait to come to Bo's. I bet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my brother used to work for you way back in the day when you guys, you and your brothers were the Brave Belt. Do you remember way back then? I sure do. That was early BTO. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he used to work for you, and, and you've always been a favorite person of ours, and I love your music. I'm not a great rock fan, but I do love your music. Great. Yeah. What's, what's your brother's name? John Moore, and he lives in Winnipeg, and he's not very healthy right now. Oh, yeah. So if, he if there's he, any time you want to get a hold of him, he would love to hear from you. Okay, that's great. Great. Thanks, Thanks. so much, Pat. Appreciate that very much. Uh, we're on the air with Randy Backman uh, taking your questions. Uh, let's take one more from Dave in Calgary. You're on the air, Dave, with Randy Backman. Yeah, hi. I just have a couple of accolades. I remember seeing you guys, I think it was in the late 60s, at the Buffalo Days in Vagina there. Yeah. And you were really, guys, really great. As far as I'm concerned, you're right up there with Deep Purple and Cream, and you guys are my three favorite bands. But I still think you're the best thing that ever came out of Canada. Thank you very much. That means a lot. Thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate the call. Uh, I got a lot of people on Twitter and on uh, were asking, and, and I think it's a great question, Randy. And um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Somebody explained to me how Randy Backman, BTO, guess who? They aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you care? Does that bother you? I cared many years ago, decades ago. <laughs> and then you give up caring because if it ain't going to happen, it's time to get it off your bucket list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. It's people just don't, people don't realize that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is owned 
by Jan Wenner, who owns who started and owns Rolling Stone magazine. And if you're his favorite, you get in there. And if you're not his, any of his on his favorite list, you don't get in there. And I don't think there's any way I'll be in there. And I, I, I like what happened with Todd Rundgren. He was inducted two years ago. He went up on stage and said, I don't accept this induction. This whole thing is a scam and a sham. I think a lot of people feel that way. It's it's a marketing tool for Rolling Stone. I think a lot of people, and it's a big TV special that happens once a year. That's basically what it's yeah, going down to. Exactly. It's turned into a money-making machine. Uh, Rolling Stone's not even a music magazine. Before when no. it started, I loved it. When it was in San Francisco, it was the size of a newspaper. And you got this thing and you lived with it. It was like fantastic. It had everything in it. And um, for years now, they would never uh, review Stone won't review an album that I put out. I get no reviews. The people there want to do it. When it gets to the end of the day and I'm in a review, I get pulled out of the magazine because JW doesn't like us or me. Hey, I got a lot of people that reached out to me and said, ask them about the rammed earth house on the island. I mean, it's amazing what people know about Randy Bachman. Do you still have that house? And, And tell us the story behind that. Well, I moved to a place called Salt Spring Island, which is a very cool place uh, in the Gulf Islands here, uh, between Victoria, uh, between, between Vancouver Island and the mainland. There's all these little islands, Galliano, Main Island, Salt Spring Island. Salt Spring was the biggest island. I moved there to get away and have a, uh, as a vacation spot, they ended up living there because it was so great. Um, we built a rammed earth house, which is what they have in Mexico or Egypt, the wall is like a foot thick or two feet thick, and it's rammed earth or adobe or something like that. And it's a mixture of clay, sand, and pebbles that you put in a great big form, just like you're making a cement basement. Mm-hmm. But instead of being pure cement, you go and you get cement from Georgia, which has red clay. You get it from Vancouver Island, which is a deep, deep gray. You get it from Oregon, which is uh, brown. And you mix them in your wall, and you put your wall. I mean, you take your form down. Your wall looks like a sand painting. There's all these beautiful colors. That's, That's beautiful. actually in the wall, and obviously it's um, soundproof. It's insect and rodentproof. It's weatherproof. Your walls are two feet thick, and it was an incredible house. But when my wife built it, it was her idea. And the minute the dream house was done, the dream was over. <laughs> we we sold the house. We got divorced. Um, it was another devastating moment in my life, but it was a great house. Yeah, abs- and it's beautiful, too. Absolutely. Okay, uh, try and squeeze in one or two more here if we can. Let's go to Craig in Darwell. Craig, you're on the air with Randy Backman. Morning, Randy. Hey, uh, keep up the good work, buddy. You were the first band, I, you guys were the first band I ever saw in uh, Victoria, the Memorial Coliseum, wow. back in the uh, late 70s. And uh, I've been a rock and roll fan ever since. Keep up the good work, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks Thank very you. much, Craig. Okay, we have time for one more. Let's try it. Cam in Edmonton. You're on the air with Randy Backman. Cam? Hey, Randy. How's it going today? Listen, uh, we were at Northside Coliseum in the late 70s, me and my brother, and you guys were the loudest concert to this day. <laughs> where ears were ringing for three or four days, man. It was awesome. Keep on rocking, buddy, okay? Thanks. That's what rock and roll is. Got to blow your brains out. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> I wonder, like, Randy, I mean, for a guy who's been doing it as long as you, how's the hearing and how's the voice? I see guys like, you know, you see Axl Rose, you see Vince Neil from Motley Crue. They're done. They, they can't sing anymore. How do you, how did you manage? Do you, is it just genetics? Did you take care of your voice? How can you still go out and do it night after night after night? I don't know, except you might know this about me, the people might. I haven't had a drink of alcohol since 1967. Hmm. I've never smoked. I don't drink 
I don't drink coffee. Um, I work out every day. I eat as well as, as good as I can. And I appreciate my voice, so I get as much sleep as I can. And I've been gifted as a child, and I still honor that gift all the time and wouldn't think of destroying my mind or body purposely with drugs or drink or alcohol. So that might might have helped my health to this day and uh, my voice. I'm not really a singer, so I... When I lose my voice, I don't lose anything. <laughs> well, Randy, it's, uh, I mean, keep doing what you're doing, because we all love it so much, and we look forward to you being out here over the Thanksgiving weekend. As I said, you're in Calgary, Red Deer, and Edmonton, three nights in a row. Uh, can't wait to see you. Uh, we'll do this again, but I, I really do appreciate your time. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. You bet. Thanks very much. That is Randy Backman, the legend, the icon. Uh, when you talk Canadian music um, and you wanted to put together a Mount Rushmore of Canadian rock and roll giants and you don't have Randy Backman on there, you've done it wrong and you need to start over because he's just... Uh, seriously, sit down and just go through his Wikipedia page and the hits that he cranked out year after year after year after year. And, of course, you can hear his program, Vinyl Tap, on the Chorus Radio Network. Um, and as we said, he's on the road. He's touring. He's going to be in Alberta uh, mid-October.